Let's pray. God, in just a few moments, we're going to start teaching your word. I'm asking you to pour out your spirit and do a mighty work through the teaching today. In Jesus name. Amen. All right, guys, this is the third week of the series that I'm calling Dangerous Prayers. And if you've been with us, you know that I've been suggesting if you start praying the prayers that I'm teaching, that you'll discover that your life will land on the cutting edge of transformation in the world, transformation in your household, transformation uh, uh, in your walk with God. And sometimes you're going to be struggling to catch your breath if you pray these prayers that I'm teaching you how to pray. You know, quite frankly, because sometimes it's just going to be frightening, the journey that God will take you on. Sometimes it's going to be painful. It reminds me of the text that when life kicks you in the gut, God declares, I'll be right there to help you catch your breath. But on balance, guys, on balance, it's going to be, I'm suggesting a life and a walk with God that will be filled with wonder and power as you begin to witness the power of God moving, not just in other people's lives that you admire, but in your life, as you begin to experience the miracles of God, not just in the stories in the Bible, but in your story. But you get there by transitioning from praying safe prayers to dangerous prayers. Why don't you just type that in the chat? Dangerous prayers. Now, I've been talking to you and encouraging you if you want to Read a book that's kind of as a companion to this. Pastor Craig Cushell's uh, book, Dangerous Prayers, is a fabulous book to read. All right, let's jump into one of the uh, passages and one of the stories in the Bible that is absolutely my, one of my favorite stories. I love teaching this story. It's here in Matthew chapter 14, verse 25 through 30. And listen to uh, this remarkable encounter in the midst, guys, in the midst of a dangerous storm. Verse 25, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he says. Take courage. I am here. And then watch this. Here, here comes the dangerous prayer. I love this. Then Peter calls to him, Lord. If it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. Check this out. But when he saw the strong winds and the waves, he was ter 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 terrified and began to sing. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And there ends the text. Wow. Can somebody just say dangerous prayers? All right, listen. The first prayer I taught you a few weeks ago was simply this. <clears throat> Lord, make me more honorable. That prayer was about character. God grow my character. The second prayer I taught you last week was this. Lord, make my life more weighty. That prayer is about substance. It's about having a godly, eternal impact. You want, more, 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 you want a more substantial life. Today, I want to teach you this prayer. You might want to take your camera out if you're watching and you just take a picture of this. This is the prayer I want to teach you. Lord, take me deep. Why don't you just say this with me? Just say, Lord, take me. Type it in the chat. 
deeper. Lord, take me deeper. You know what that's about? Number one, it's about intimacy, that you actually want to get closer to God. You, you want to learn how to love him even more. And it's about capacity, that what you're asking God is for greater spiritual depth and greater spiritual power. Somebody shout capacity. Type it in the chat. Capacity. That's what you want. A resource inside your life that's, that's more powerful than political or economic power, that's, that's more impactful uh, than physical or human or financial resources because you will find yourself in circumstances that none of that stuff will help. You want greater power and you want greater depth. Lord, take me <clears throat> deeper. Now listen, when you start praying this prayer, there's some insights that begin to, to show up on the surface of your mind. And, and let's start by just looking at this text. I want to I just point it out. You know, this text starts, really, it comes on the heels of some pretty remarkable events. The first event that takes place is that Jesus discovers that his first cousin, John the Baptist, has been assassinated, beheaded. When he gets the news, he is so grief stricken that he gets on a boat. He goes uh, what he, to what he thought was a remote place so that he could really grieve. But the news got out that he was coming. And by the time they landed, tons of people started to gather and they brought sick people. And they were they were they were in such great need that he. He put his grief aside and he ministered to them. And out of that comes the, what we call the miracle of the 5,000. And then towards the end of that whole thing, uh, he says to his disciples, the text says this. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted, come on, shout, insisted, that the disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. Now, here's what's, what's remarkable. In obedience to Jesus, they do exactly what he says as he goes ahead and he dismisses the crowd. And then he goes up in the mountain and he begins to spend time with the father as, 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 he, as he works through his grief and prayer. And the disciples, they're just being obedient. Can somebody say obedience? They're just executing his directives. And they're doing what they're supposed to do. And here's what the text says. Meanwhile, the disciples, they find themselves in trouble. Being obedient, doing what he asked them to do. They find themselves in trouble far away from the land. They find themselves in the midst of a strong wind and they're fighting heavy waves. Wow. Check this photo out. Uh, this, is, this, is a, this is a nice photo. You see this, this photo as the camera zooms in and, and here they are. And, 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 and they're literally fighting this, this horrendous storm. They're frightened to death. And as you look at this picture, uh, and, and it goes on through the night, through the late evening, through the night. We'll learn later that it'll, it'll go all the way up until 3 o'clock in the morning. They're holding on for dear life. Any minute they think it's going to be all over. And as you watch this picture, this picture, by the way, uh, looks like your life. Somebody watching me, this looks like your life. You, 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 you find yourself in the midst of a, of a marriage or a friendship or some relationship where God has said to you, don't exit, stay there. And now all of a sudden, it looks like things are turning upside down. There's so much chaos. There's so much pain. Or perhaps you are a parent. 
and, and, and God has led you to adopt a, 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 a child. And now the child had reached puberty and all of a sudden the child is beginning to act out. I, I think about my own life and my grand aunt, my grand uncle, they, they, they informally adopted me. And I think about all of the, I mean, I caused this for them. They, they, they would awake week after week, month after month, year after year in the midst of a life that was chaotic because, but, but yet God had directed them. I want you to embrace this boy. I want you to raise him. Uh, this is the this is the picture for some high schooler. You know, you 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 heard a message, or you started working in a, in a in a in a church group somewhere. Maybe you've been you've been online with us, and 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 you've been thinking differently about your choices. Your your values are being reshaped and redeemed. And and check it out. You know, you you start saying no to some of your friends about some of the activities that they are participating in, and they're inviting you in. And all of a sudden, this feels like your life. This looks like it's been turned upside down. You're sitting at lunch by yourself. Uh, your, your, your cell phone is not receiving the kind of text that you were receiving before. And, and it's all because you, you, have tried to be faithful. And you've been obedient. And look where it's brought you. And yet God is saying to you, stay faithful. Because this is the context where you will, this is, this is what positions your life to experience the mighty move of God. This is what positions your life, not overnight, but often over time, to experience the, the, the miraculous power of God, not just in a biblical text, but actually in your life. And so I want to challenge you to start praying the prayer, God, since I'm here, take me deeper. Somebody shout deeper. All right, as you start praying the prayer and you're reflecting on this, here's the first insight that I want you to get. It's going to wrestle with. The ultimate goal when you're, when, you're, when you're leaning into Jesus is not safety, but faithfulness. Surely we want to be safe. But ultimately, we put more emphasis on being faithful than being safe. Interesting insight, isn't it? You know, um, there's a wonderful story that C.S. Lewis wrote called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's a fabulous story. And, and, and at, the, at, at, the, at one of the crescendo moments in the story, the lion, which C.S. Lewis wants you to think, when you, when you encounter the lion, uh, uh, Aslam in the, in that story, uh, that is really the picture of Jesus. He, he wants you to remember that that John the Revelator refers to Jesus as the Lion of the Tribe of Judah in his all of his royalty in in his redemptive work. And so we find in the story a lion, a little girl named Susan comes up and and she she encounters this lion and she says to the person that's with her. I thought I was going to encounter a man, but he's a lion. He's, he's kind of fierce looking. Is he safe? She says. And the answer quickly comes back. Safe? Of course not. He's not safe. But he's good. Wow. You see, when you start praying the prayer, Lord, take me deeper. 
you begin to realize as he begins to shift your journey and shift your dreams and shift your pursuit that oftentimes God will take you into places like this big old storm right where I just showed you where, 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 where suddenly you're not necessarily safe, but, but you can trust him because he is good. He's good. Yes, he's good. Listen, listen, I want to show you this. Pull out your camera and take a picture of this. My friend, Pastor George Henneman, says this often. It's a fabulous thing about prayer. It says, prayer, watch this, here's the definition, is authorizing God to direct my circumstances even when it's against my desires. <laughs> this, this understanding of prayer is really dangerous. It's, it's giving God permission to direct my circumstances, even if it means I find myself landed right in the middle of a chaotic storm where it does not feel safe. But it's against my desires. But God, I want you to have your way with my, take me deeper. Here's a picture of a woman by the name of Corey Ten Boom. And she was uh, an amazing character who grew up in the Netherlands. Uh, and uh, in World War II, uh, when the Nazis were beginning to capture Jews, that broke out in her hometown. Her father was a watchmaker and, and she would help him. And one day, a Jewish woman came with her suitcase packed and and she shared the story about how her husband had been arrested and, and how she was running for her life. And her father, being what they call a cavernous Christian back in that day, that's another word for Presbyterian. We use the word Presbyterian today, said God's people shouldn't have to uh, be subjected to this. We're going to help you. And they hid her way. And inside of that effort, they would end up hiding hundreds of Jewish people who were being sought after by the Nazis. Inevitably, they would be caught and they themselves would be put in a concentration camp. Her father would die there. Her sister would die there. She would ultimately uh, be set free. And she would go on with an amazing ministry. And she wrote a book called The Hiding Place. But if you would ask Miss Boone, what's about this notion about praying that God keep you safe as opposed to praying to be faithful? She would say, safety is important. But there are some times when God's call of faithfulness supersedes your need for safety. And she would say, she would share her own story and about how, how, how because of the faithfulness of her and many other people like her, that so many lives would be ultimately saved and, and ultimately the, 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 the Nazis would be pushed back and, and, and liberation would come uh, to Europe and the world would be rescued because ultimately good would win because good people would choose faithfulness over safety. That's what it's like, guys. When you follow a Jesus who ultimately died on the cross to bring redemption to the world, 
What makes you and I believe that somehow there is not a cross in my future and not in your future? When we follow one who says, uh, as he instituted communion, that this is my body broken for you and my blood shed for you. What makes us think that we will not have to have some crushing experiences in our faith journey? Oh, it's not always safe to follow Jesus. This is a revelation that comes from praying the prayer. God, take me deeper. But he is good. Come on now. It always move towards redemption trust him the power of God wants to break loose in your life just praying for safety sometimes it's just too small of a prayer God take me deeper I want to be faithful no matter what oh that's a dangerous prayer and then here's another revelation that comes, uh, a fascinating revelation as we start praying this prayer. And it pops right out of this text. Watch this text. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water in the midst of the great storm that I just showed you the picture of. And, and he spoke to them. He says, don't be afraid. In other words, he's not saying don't feel afraid, afraid, but he's saying don't give in to the feeling of fear, but rather take courage. I am here. I, I want somebody to hear me in the midst of a tough marriage. I want somebody to hear Jesus share, shout to you in the midst of the storm of a chaotic life on a school campus. I, I want somebody to hear Jesus through this message shout at you as you lie in a hospital room and not know what tomorrow will bring. Uh, I want you to hear God declare, don't be afraid. Take courage. Because whatever you've got to face, the lion, the king of Judah, I'm here. I'm here. Here's another insight that comes to mind. It's helpful to us when we, when we are caught in chaotic stools, lying in hospital rooms, working through problems at home. The presence of life storms trying to get through a pandemic. The presence of life's storms, trying to put your life back together after financial calamity. The presence of life's storms does not mean the absence of God, nor the absence of God's love. May I say it another way? The presence of evil and brokenness and harshness in the world does not mean the absence of an all-powerful, all-loving God who is present with us in the storm. The problem is we often think of God as a magician or as a witch who waves a wand or casts a spell. But God is not a witch or a magician. God is a God that does the work of redemption more often than not through people, not with magic, but through the power of his love and work of justice to overcome the brokenness of the world. He said, well, but I don't see God in this pandemic-stricken world. Have you missed all of the first responders? I don't see God with buildings collapsing. Uh, have you missed the people who are risking their lives in the midst of a hurricane coming towards Florida uh, to help rescue and to discover? I don't see God in the midst of all of the hunger. Are you missing the tens of thousands of people who are, who, who are volunteering food and supplies to help provide for those who are hungry? Oh no, God is at work. The question is, how badly do you want him to be at work? 
in your life. It is the distinction between safe prayers and dangerous prayers. My goodness. All right, check this text out. Check this text out. Here's the, here's the apex of the teaching t- today. It says, then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. This is a fascinating, this is the prayer right here, guys. You see it? Did you catch it? This is fascinating. Peter says to Jesus, if it's really you in the storm with me, I would have expected Peter to say, will you please (laughs) end the storm? Uh, but, but Peter makes a different. Uh-uh-uh. Would you please hurry up and get here and rescue me? Peter, he prays something totally different. It's a dangerous prayer. Essentially what he says is, Lord, take me deeper. I don't want to miss this opportunity to go deeper with you. Go back to the verse. Watch, let me just show you this verse again. He says, Lord... Tell me, I want to do, I want to, I want to be obedient to your word. I don't want to get ahead of what you're asking me to do. I want to be in line. Come on now, with your will. That's what he means, right? Uh, uh, so, so, so if you tell me, give me permission, I want to come to you. That's intimacy, guys. That's, that's, that's intimacy. That's, that's him saying, Lord, I want to know you better and I want to love you more. You know, some of us, when we think about God being in our lives, Here's, the, here, here's how we think about it right here, this, 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 this point here. Some of us, if the truth be told, you, you believe this. I don't really need God, but it's a good religious thing to have him in my life. <laughs> I don't really need him. You know, it's like, like some of us treat, maybe you, you, maybe you treat your, 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 your seatbelts like this. I don't actually think I really need the seatbelt, but I'll just wear it just in case. Uh, I, I don't really need you, God, but, but, but I want you in my life. Just in case. This kind of understanding of what God presents with a, a, a certain type of relationship. God does come into your life, but there, there, there are limits. He'll, he'll come just so far, and then he'll wait for the storm. He'll, come on, he'll wait for life begin to come unglued. And, 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 you, and, and ideally, you find yourself in this place right here. I desperately need you in my life, God. I cannot make it without you. It's a fabulous story told that Moses is trying to lead the people. And, 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 and he ultimately says to God, he says, God, listen, 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 listen. I, 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 I need you to reveal yourself more to me. And, 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 and I need your presence not just to be with me, but I need you to go ahead of me. Because if your presence doesn't go, I'm not going Anyway, I desperately need you. You are indispensable in my life. Is that your faith? Is that where you are? With all of your money, is that where you are? With, 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 a, with, with a nice uh, cell phone full of people who you can call and they're ready to take you out tomorrow night and the night after tomorrow night and the night after tomorrow night. Are you here? God is begging us to come here. Peter was here. He says, listen, I want to go deeper. You know, uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle tells a fabulous story. If you're reading his book, he said he, had a, he has a workout partner called uh, Peco, but his actual name is John. And he says that John 
uh, very healthy, etc. One day, uh, shared with him that he had come down with tendonitis, this ringing in your ear, so it's somehow connected to the, the inner working of your brain, and it's a ringing that gets loud. It creates this notion of pain, and it's it's always there. I I, I know this from somewhat personal experience. My grand aunt in the last. Uh, years of her life, she had that condition. It's a horrendous condition. And, uh, and John, they went to specialist after specialist after specialist. And ultimately, John said, shared with Craig that, that uh, no help. And so he started to talk to other people who had this, was struggling with tendonitis. And one guy was a sold out believer, follower of Jesus. And, and this guy said to him, well, you know, John, it's not a lot you can do about the tendonitis, but what you can do, what you should do, is use this opportunity to get closer to Jesus. When he shared that with Craig, both of them thought, like, how trite. We need a resolution for this. But inevitably, there was no resolution found. And John made a decision. Well, he looked at his friend, and his friend seemed to be growing and getting better, uh, even though the tendonitis was still there. He says, well, let me try it. I've tried everything else. And so Craig Rochelle says that his friend starts to lean in on his relationship with Jesus. He starts to, and essentially, he, he starts to say, I want to get deeper. In other words, I want to get closer. I want a greater intimacy. So he starts reading God's word. He starts standing and meditating on the truth and standing on the truth. He starts engaging in worship, engaging in prayer a whole lot more. And, and ultimately, uh, he and his wife, Jennifer, uh, adopted uh, a, a single mom and, uh, and, and her child. And, and they started pouring in because the guy didn't just say, you want to get closer to Jesus. He says, you also need to pour your life out in the lives of others. And finally, Craig said he started watching his friend. And while his friend's tendonitis uh, did not decrease, his friend's joy did increase. He says, while the tendonitis did not get better, his friend became better. And one day the two of them were talking and his friend says, I'm still struggling with this tendonitis. He's standing in the gym. He says, but I, I, I just want to tell you, I've never been more close to God than this very season in my life. And I have a peace that I can't even articulate in the midst of my pain. Now, guys, brothers and sisters, listen, my friends, those of you who may not even be maybe on the edge of faith, let me just tell you, I, I can't prove that experience to you. That I, 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 all I can say, that's just something you got to lean into, right? That when you find yourself in the storm, you don't use the storm as an excuse to run from God, but you use the storm, come on now, in the same way that Peter did, as an excuse to cry out to God, God, I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. Notice this as we wrap this up. Then Peter called to him and says, Lord, <laughs> not only do I want to come to you, that's the work of, I want to get closer because there are moments in my life that only your love can hold me and get me through it, right? Not only do I want to come to you, come on now, but I want to walk on the water. <laughs> this, this here walking on the water, this is about Capacity. This is Peter saying, I want greater capacity. God, give me, watch this, greater depth in my faith, in my spirituality, in my relationship with you, and more power in my spirituality, in my walk with you. All right, let me just take a moment and parse this for a minute for you. When Jesus, when Peter says, uh, bid me to come, I want to walk on the water. 
He's not saying to Jesus, I want to learn a new skill. <laughs> Teach me this skill so uh, tomorrow I go walking on the water when there's no storm. He, that's not what he's asking for. He's not saying, you know, give, give, give me a brand new skill so I can show this magic trick off. No. He's asking for something more powerful than this. He, he's essentially saying, he's essentially saying, God, I need greater capacity. See, God, because I know that there are going to be some more storms that's going to come after this. And, 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 and here's what I want. Lord, I don't want you to reduce the storm to match my weakness. I want you, come on now, to increase my strength so I can match any storm in my life. And as you track with Peter, he will go through other storms. Come on, Acts will tell us on the other side of resurrection, he will be persecuted. He will be thrown in prison. He will have the massive responsibility and storms generated by leading, being the first pastor of, of, of the church of Christ, all of that, right? And ultimately, he's going to be crucified upside down when he chooses faithfulness over safety. And, 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 and all because he will have got developed through his faith a depth of trust and the power to be a part of God's redemptive work. And he chooses faithfulness over safety. What about you? Do you think you need some more depth? You know, Peter's saying, is God, I, I don't just want to read about, I don't, Jesus, I don't want to just see what you've done. In a sense, I don't want to just read about this in the Bible. Boy, I wish I could get that hunger in you. I don't just want to hear about it from preachers. Ooh, I wish I could fire up that hunger in you. Lord, I want to experience your power in my life, your miraculous power in my life. But that means, come on now, you got to show up in some storms and be willing to walk on the chaotic waters of uncertainty. God, give me capacity. Is his prayer, God. Make me. I want to go deeper. Watch this. I got to finish now. So Jesus says, yes, come. I, I want you to get closer to me. I want to be more intimately connected to you. I, I can't love you anymore, but you can love me a whole lot more. And, 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 and come. I want to give you more inner resource, more inner capacity. Come on now. I, I, I want, Peter, the depth in you to be greater than the depth in the lake that you're walking on. Come. Come. Man, come on, guys. For some of you, you're walking on water, just you're developing, watch this, not only the habit to pray, to talk to God, but you're beginning to experience, experiment with what it means to listen and to obey. It, it, it looks like in your life, beginning to say, you know, I'm not sure. I think God said, and then you're actually trying it. And, and I think God showed me, and you're actually Sing it out loud and executing on it. For you, it's, it's, it's just it's those small steps of beginning to try to learn the voice of God, the leading of God. And you won't always get it right, but, but, but God will bless you in all of it as your capacity expands. More depth, more power. Watch how the text is. This is my favorite part. Jesus says, come. 
So Peter went over the side of the boat. <laughs> I love this. Notice he goes over the side of the boat. Come on. And he said, look at this picture, man. They're in the midst of a storm. And Peter, I can imagine, he's crawling out of the boat. And his, and his friends are saying, where are you? Come, come back. Come, what's wrong? You're losing your mind. More God could use a few more people to lose their mind in pursuit of his power. God could use a few more people to lose their mind in pursuit of a greater depth in him. God could use a few more people in his redemptive work in homes and in families and in cities and in government and in science. If we just had a few more people that would trust him. Regardless, trust him with all. Don't let your friends hold you back. Don't let your families who are, who, who, who are not Christians hold you back. <laughs> no, no, don't worry about what your colleagues say. Don't let them hold you back for what God has for you. Scramble over the side of the boat. Start doing what you never imagined that you could do. Not in your power, but in the power of God. Oh, my God. <laughs> he scrambles over. <laughs> he actually walks in the water. The only other person walking in the water to Jesus is, is Peter. I don't know how long he walks in the water. Maybe seconds. Maybe it's a few minutes. But then here comes this, this wonderful insight here. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. He cried out, save me, Lord. He shouted. And notice this. He started looking at the storm, the winds, the seas, the trouble, the things that was going wrong more than he was watching Jesus. And he cries out as his anxiety and his, and his sense of doubt kicks in. He cries out, oh God, I'm sinking, save me. And I love this. Watch the next. <laughs> Watch this. Here's what, um, what Miss Ten Boone says. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. Miss <laughs> Boone, who survived the Nazi concentration camp. Come on, here's what she says. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. Keep your eyes on God, his purpose, his power. Don't get distracted all the other stuff going on. See it? But concentrate on following God and his power. Notice this text, his ideas. Immediately. Somebody shout immediately. Type it in the chat. Immediately. Jesus reaches out his hand and called him Peter, that is. And he says, you have little faith. He says, why did you doubt? I want you to watch this. Little faith. Here's my point. Little faith is better than no faith. <laughs> Little faith got him out of the boat, guys. Little faith got him greater capacity. Little faith deepened his intimacy with God. And yes, there could be more, but I want to celebrate Peter. And in Jesus' own way, he's, he's saying, he's, saying he's, he's celebrating him by calling out the fact, at least you had little faith enough to get out of the boat and try it. Next time, don't let your doubt overtake your trust in me. Then the text says they get back in the boat and everything comes down. Lesson taught. Prayer answered. Dangerous prayer answered. Lord, I want to go deeper. 
Later on, Jesus would say about Peter, I'm going to change your name, man. I'm going to call you Rock. Because that's what happens when we pursue deeper depths with Jesus. We become rocks of testimony and faith through which the power of God stands strong in a broken world. Lord, take me deeper. Pray that prayer this week. That dangerous prayer. Amen. Okay, you feel that tugging? Yeah, that tugging on the inside? Do you feel some? How is that God saying to you, come, let's go deeper together. So I want to challenge you. I'm going to give you several options in terms of next steps because this is an opportunity for you to respond. And I want to encourage you to pick one, right? Now, if you're watching on Facebook or if you're on our website, there's a link popping up to our connection card. If you have our app, I just encourage you to go ahead and open uh, our NBCC app and uh, go to the Sunday screen, Sunday screen, and then to the connection card section. And then you'll find next steps with Jesus. And the very first option for somebody, I want you to lean in, listen here. For somebody, it's saying yes to Jesus' call to become his follower. Because you, you know there's storms in your future, right? And, and, and you want him to lead you through it. And the best way for that to happen is for him to be Lord and Redeemer of your life. Or for somebody else, it's time for you to come back to your faith. There's a box for you to check with that. And for somebody else, you just may want some more information. There's a box for you to check with that. Now listen, here's a challenge I want to make all of us. I want to, I want to encourage all of us to take. It's, the, it's the, what I call the response to the message. is this prayer. Let's pray together right now. Lord, take me deeper. I want to challenge you to pray that prayer every day this week. Begin to sense the movement of God in your life. Okay, here's a reflection question you got to wrestle with because as you start praying that prayer, you're going to have to deal with this particular experience. Can I trust God even when God says no? I want you to wrestle with that answer with your friends and with God. Now, whatever you do, make sure you get back here next week. You can catch us either at 9 or 11 a.m. specific time online. You don't want to miss week four.